Okay, here we go. Hour number three of First Up here on TSN 1050. Just had Darren Dreger on. A lot of buzz around the NHL about what's going on ahead of the deadline. 3 p.m. on Friday. We saw over the weekend a ton of trades made between teams from the Western Conference shipping off their players to teams in the Eastern Conference. We saw Timo Meyer from San Jose to New Jersey. We saw I mean, Patrick Kane is going to get traded from Chicago to the Rangers. Of course, the Nashville Predators acquire tons of assets from Tampa Bay late last night in exchange for Tanner Janot. Players scored 24 goals last year, Coco. Five so far this year. Yeah. Very curious situation. Very, very, very curious. curious but Tampa is a team that should not be doubted. No. Never be doubted. No, and not at all. You know, they make a trade. They give up all these assets. Again, five draft picks and a good prospect in Cal Foot. It's just like, okay, that, that's, that's a deal that's probably going to work out for Tampa because seemingly any deal they make almost always works out for them. And they've got a great scouting, scouting staff, great coaching staff, great management staff. And I'm sure Tanner Janot will just fit like a glove on that third line like we've seen that team do year after year for the last decade. It's, uh, it's a special organization. Well, when that name popped up, you know, you obviously... You think of it in like, oh, the Leafs should be on a player, should be in on a player like that. But then when you see the price that he ends up going for, you just kind of think to yourself, okay, good thing the Leafs weren't in on that because you can't, you can't make that trade. But if you're Tampa, you can. That's exactly bottom it. line. That's exactly it. But I think the real buzz that a lot of people were talking about over the weekend was the big party in Concord, Ontario, featuring yourself and your brother Paulo mm-hmm. celebrating your 40th birthdays. It was yes. very well attended. This was not an event we had talked about on the show leading up to Friday because you know we're keeping it low profile. We didn't want it wasn't we, low profile. We <laughs> didn't want we didn't want the autograph seekers there. Right. Oh, is that James Duthie? Is that Kara Waglin? Is that Stephanie Apolito? I got to get their autographs. That was not the case, but what a party it was! And yeah. you might hear it in our voices a little bit, maybe a little bit of too much yelling and a couple too many tequila shots many for for yours truly. But I think the video that has captivated. Everybody is the crowd surfing video <laughs> of Al's brother, who did put on a clinic. He did on Friday. He was the star of the show. Your brother, Paulo, yourself. I mean, of course. How about the elephant, my brother? Yeah, that know. red blazer was something yeah. special. But Al's brother, I mean, he stole the show with yeah. his dancing and his crowd surfing antics. That was a very impressive stuff. He literally had no choice because he was taking over the dance floor. And a bunch of my buddies were like, we got to get him up in the air. And he was crowd surfing. At one point, he was crowd surfing for like a couple minutes. It was right after you, too. They threw you up in the air as well. Is there a video of that? I haven't even seen that. Yes, there but is. It's, it's, it's sad that I do not recall that. It's kind of scary there as well. Is. I will say Friday you night. Almost, they almost dropped you, too. Oh, boy. I didn't even remember that. <laughs> and you almost hit the roof. Yeah. How high they were throwing so, you. So that's one of those nights where, full disclosure, I woke up on my couch the next day in my full suit. Wow. Yeah. That's one of those that's, nights where you just kind of you get home, you lay down, and you wake up, you're like, oh, okay, I'm still wearing my suit. Yeah. Got to have it dry cleaned again. And it's also one of those nights where you're like, oh, boy, did I say or do something stupid last night? Probably. Oh, guaranteed. Yes. But, I mean, when the videos of Al's brother are circulating, get, getting carried around by, <laughs> by people, <laughs> you know, it's uh, Look, it's I want to – I, I just want to say – First and foremost, it was an epic night. It was definitely something I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. It was really important for me, for me and my brother, to do something special because 
for the longest time, me and my brother have not celebrated a birthday together. I mean, you think about I move, me moving away from 16 years old for the last 18 years of my you know professional career. You add the COVID years into it. Turning 40 was a special milestone for us, and I give my brother Paul a ton of credit. He was involved in a lot of the planning. I give his company, Balkamania, a ton of credit for allowing this production to take place. I was blown away with the whole setup, awesome. with the whole party itself, with the people that attended. Um, those are all close friends and family that mean a lot to me and my brother, and we couldn't be more thankful. The, the responses and the outpour that we got the next day, just from how many people were there and the night that they had, and having so many people come, too, that... You know, from work too. That was amazing. Everybody here. Arad was there. It was Arad great. Was there. Arad, when Arad showed, showed up, Landsberg. Landsberg. When but when Arad showed up, the party yeah. really ratcheted. It, it was up. a great time. I'm yeah. hoping everybody that that showed up had the same amount of time. And and it was a, it was a night too that we celebrated or released. We had a a show from the me, a mentalist that that, that yeah that was performed. wild. That was wild. Kevin Hamden. If you haven't, he seen put on a him, clinic. I highly suggest you do some research. You follow him on, on Instagram because that guy put on an absolute clinic. Of Party it. was great, but it was missing one element. Brian Hayes, oh, the host of Overdrive, ever. but he's on the line now, and maybe he's got some birthday wishes for Coco. What's up, Brian? Hey, boys. How you doing? <laughs> I'm working. listening to a, a private party I wasn't a part yeah, of, so it's kind of difficult we missed to you, chime man. in on. We missed but, you. Yeah. Did you see the video of Al's brother getting uh, I crowd I saw surfed? that, yes. That was... Uh, I... I was shocked, but I'm also, I shouldn't be because he's an athletic man and he's a man of the people. So when Al's brother is in attendance, there's going to be a vibe and I'm not, uh, I'm not surprised at all, but it looks and sounds like everyone had a great time. I'm disappointed. Of course, I could not be there. I was at a charity event uh, up in Collingwood. So um, obviously I couldn't make it, but yeah, happy birthday. Yeah, thanks, buddy. We'd love for you to be there. I understood why you weren't there, but uh, it was clearly an unbelievable night. (laughs) Um, and and Al's brother is an unbelievable rock star. Like I, it's amazing how many people absolutely love this guy. And literally every video that I watched the next day, if he wasn't in it, he was photobombing it because he was. So, oh, I've never seen anything like it, honestly. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, he people gravitate to Al's brother. They do. He is uh, as they I do. said, a man of the people. And you get him at the party, it's going to be a good one it will not be one you're you're going to forget anytime soon Hayes, i know you're at an event this weekend celebrating a great tra- charity but what about the weekend in the nhl what was your thought watching everything take place yesterday with all the trades well there's a few different things that stick out one i'm waiting for the western conference to snap out of it right and because um, i'm thinking someone in the west can possibly cruise to a cup final because I think you could make a case for any almost any individual team in the West having a better chance at getting to the Cup Final than almost any individual team in the East, Boston included, because you look at what's going on with the big boys in the, in the East, where Boston, Toronto, and Tampa have now made rather significant moves. Jersey's made a massive move. The Rangers have made a big move, and we know Kane is going to be there by the end of the week. Mm-hmm. We're waiting for Carolina, and we know Carolina will probably do something of substance. So you got six teams in the East that I think all can take claim to being the top six teams in the league. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think Colorado's I cooking now. You can see it. Colorado's getting going, and they've made a, a minor move, and they still might end up making a, a larger move between now and Friday. But uh, the East is stacked, and it's an arms race. And I think every team, the Leafs included, realize – 
if you don't try to improve between now and March 3rd and you don't have your, your best game going come the beginning of the playoffs, it is just going to be an absolute death march through the East. Well, like, was, it's impossible to know who's going to be standing at the end. Oh, and the fact that one of Tampa and Toronto won't get out of the first round, and then on the other side in the Metro, one of, well, we'll see who ultimately wins the Metro, but... Um, one Probably of, Rangers, Devils. Are yeah, Rangers, Devils. Round. I mean, those are awesome hockey teams. It's it's crazy the the depth and strength in the Eastern Conference right now with those six teams. Again, Brian Hayes is our guest from Overdrive. We did talk about the Tanner Janot acquisition from Tampa Bay late last night in the just beginning of this segment here, Brian. And I think what it speaks to is kind of the way that Tampa wants to play the Leafs in round one and how they want to play going forward. This is a guy who four checks like a beast, ton of hits, block shots, a very feisty forward, and he just plays Tampa hockey, right? And that's going to be something that the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to be tasked with, dealing with these guys like Janot and Corey Perry, the Maroon. top six, Maroon, Anthony Sorelli, guys who are just pains in your ass, and that's what the Leafs are going to be tasked with. And I don't know if there's a, an answer that the Toronto Maple Leafs need to make as far as a trade goes. I think they're going to trade for a defenseman at some point before the deadline, 3 p.m. on Friday. But what type of thing do you take away from what Tampa did as far as what Toronto could do still here? Well, I think it's um, I think it's Tampa, in a way, letting the world know that they're the team that have been to three straight Cubs, and they intend on going to a Back. fourth straight. <laughs> it's amazing how little we've spoken about them this year, and I guess I'm talking about myself and, and my show, but I, uh, by extension, the hockey world, because Boston has been getting so many accolades, deservedly so. Obviously, in Toronto, we're going to talk a lot about the Leafs. The Devils have been an incredible story. So even just concentrating on the Eastern Conference, it's like Tampa never comes up. And they've won two of the last three Cups, and they've been in three straight Cup Finals. And, yes, it was a significant payment for this kid. And he's not having a great statistical season this year. Go look at his stats last year. Yeah. He's, he can score and he can fight. He can score, he can fight, he can hit, and he's cheap and he's under team control. So, yes, they paid a premium, absolutely, and that's why Nashville pulled off the deal. But Tampa's in a position where they feel they still have two or three years here where they're going to continue to go for it. And they did it essentially with the haggle pickup a year ago. They're doing it again this year with Janot. And you can haggle over the price all you want. The fact is they got the player, and they are better today, and they are more suited for the playoffs. So the Leafs know what they're going to be walking into. Tampa's going to be ready. Tampa's going to show up. The Leafs better show up. I expect that they will. But Janot's the kind of guy, like on our group chat, Owen Noodles, we were talking about him yesterday saying, man, I'd love the, love the Leafs to find a way to pick right. him up. <laughs> right? And they weren't going to pay that price when no. you looked at it because of the price they've already paid for O'Reilly and Achari. And I, I can't imagine they put more assets into the forward group. They might. Um, but I think it probably is a defenseman. I, I fully expect that they will if not acquire someone between now and Friday, they will be all in trying to acquire someone. The question will be if they have the pieces to, to pay the price. But that's what it's going to be. You know, I think the forward group is relatively set. If you can add another defenseman who brings some size and a little bit of a different attribute that you can put on the ice in a top four role, and I think Samsonov is going to be your starting goalie. And this is it. You know, now you've you got 20-plus games to make sure that you iron anything out that you need to iron out. I think defensively they're playing really well. They've been playing well recently. Like they're they're a very good team. The Leafs can puff their chest out yeah. and feel good about what they have. 
But it's going to be a real challenge. Like, there is not going to be a layup because even if you find a way to get through Tampa, probably Boston waiting for you, and then it's going to be Carolina, the Rangers, whoever else. I mean, that that's what you're gearing up for, and the Leafs better be prepared for that. Hey, there's been a lot of discussion around my Leaf fans about moves that other teams are making. And obviously the playoff conversation comes to the to the forefront. And I wonder how you feel. Like, to me, I feel like I don't care what anybody else does because if the Leafs get out of the first round, it's already a win for this team. And if you, if like, say, say the moves, like when Boston made those moves for Hathaway and Orlov, everyone's like, oh my God, I can't believe the Leafs didn't do that. That's what they should have did as their trade instead of O'Reilly and, and, and Achari. And I'm like, dude, what do you care what Boston does? If you get to play Boston in the second round, you've already won because you got there. And you know what? There's eight teams left. Do you feel the same way when you talk about the Maple Leafs? Like you don't really care what every other team does because you just worry about them just winning around this year? Well, you, yeah. And also, you can't. Expect the Leafs to acquire everyone that's available. True, <laughs> like that's another part of I think the the problem here in in Toronto is Leaf fans are always on to the next guy, right? You got to get that guy. Oh, they should have had this guy. Well, yeah. why aren't they? It's not. There's 31 other teams that are calling and are willing to pay, and there's a salary cap, and there are assets needed to pay. And these you're prices. not going to always be perfect at every position. And you can't be perfect. Yeah. Exactly. You can't put forth the perfect team. It, it doesn't happen. It doesn't exist. Every team that goes into the playoffs internally, they're going to have a part of their team circle where they say, we're concerned about that, or this guy's not on his A game, or we don't know where this guy is mentally, or whatever it might be. Uh, so you can't have the perfect team. I, I, I think in terms of your approach to just winning the round, I agree. I they That has to be you know, the benchmark at a minimum. Yeah. Um, you, you get would, to the second round, you're playing with house money. Yeah. You haven't been here before. I think at a minimum what you, <laughs> you do know? is you adjust at that point. I yeah. think it's very difficult to, to really have a viewpoint on that because what if they're actually playing the Islanders instead of Boston? Like what if the yeah. Islanders upset Boston? Then is it really just house money? I would say it's probably not. No, right? but again, you 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 – you get there, and then you you worry about. And then you about, see where the yeah, chips fall. Absolutely, I think it's, there, it's. Right? I agree. It's more about the philosophy of don't put the cart before the horse. You know, take it one at a time, which is such a sports cliche, but I think it is appropriate. If you're the Leafs, stack up, build up, be healthy, feel good, drop the puck, try to beat Tampa, and if you do that, there will be obviously an incredible, you know, buzz around the team and around the city and the fan base, and it will be absolutely an optimistic time leading into the second round but i think in terms of having a feel on what could happen that next round you have to adjust and that's the crazy thing because the leafs have not offered that up in 18 years it's like we all collectively have stockholm syndrome like we've forgotten what it's like as a fan base and as a city to adjust on the fly as the playoffs go on because every round is different. Let's say you do play Boston in the next round, but Olmark is hurt and Marchand is hurt. Like, you are going to adjust how you feel. Or conversely, it's a war against Tampa. You get through, but Matthews and Marner are out. Then obviously you take on a different view of what you think the Leafs are capable of doing. But, yeah, I'm with you in terms of just hyper-focused on Tampa. And I, I don't like the playoff structure like many others don't. Mm-hmm because it has been locked in stone for quite some time or written in stone and it will continue to be the final, you know, month and a half here, but it does allow you to 
to really hyper-focus on who they are going to play because it's going to be Tampa again, and Tampa's loading up. I wouldn't be shocked if Tampa did something else between now and Friday. I think somehow they find more assets. They yeah, find they more got a cap- couple of 24 and 25 <laughs> saw, picks. They left. always do. I saw, Brian, that the only draft pick Tampa has in 2023 is their sixth six, rounder. Six, yeah, six, <laughs> that'll be valuable somehow. Sixth <laughs> rounder. Valuable. They'll I mean, flip that. Yeah, oh, yeah, they'll, they'll figure they'll it out. They'll find a way to make it. They'll add something else, yeah. and we'll get to game one, and you'll look at the game sheet and say, that's a pretty good team. That's yeah. a pretty good team. They over are there stacked. That's a nasty team. Brian yep. Hayes, our guest, the host of Overdrive here on TSN ten fifty four to seven. Like I need to tell you that, but Brian, I think if the Leafs want to beat Tampa, go on a deep run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They're going to need Austin Matthews playing like Austin Matthews did last night. The Leafs win five one against Seattle. Matthews scores twice. It's been such a weird year for him. We talk about us not talking about Tampa a lot in the East. We haven't talked a lot about Austin Matthews because. He isn't performing, at least as far as production of goals, like he did last year. He scored 60 goals last year, and this year he's got 28 after scoring twice last night. Do you think the Matthews-Marner connection is something that sticks together for the rest of the season, or is this something that you expect to kind of continue to fluctuate as the final 20 games of the regular season play out? I think it likely moves around for the next 10 to 12 games. I think this was always the plan once O'Reilly got here, is if you're Sheldon Keefe, again, like we've all stated, and he knows it, they're going to the playoffs, they're playing Tampa. You're fighting for home ice, and that is yet to be determined. But even with moving players around, you're still winning. They just they won both games over the weekend. So I think he feels confident in moving pieces around and still putting forth a winning product that can pursue that home ice. So I think what you're going to see is, I would guess Keith's already probably mapped out what he's going to do, you know, in terms of moving guys around, trying to get a look of O'Reilly with with Marner, O'Reilly with Nylander, Tavares on the wing where that continues to take place. I think at some point Tavares will slide back into the middle. He'll take a look at that and what those lines could look like. So I think it's almost as if this is – it's like a preseason for Sheldon Keefe leading up to the regular season, which happens to be game one against Tampa. Uh, I would suggest it's probably in his best interest the final five to seven games of the regular season. Try to lock in on a lineup and, and try to really hammer it home and, and work on um, you know everyone being on the same page. But I think what, what also may have happened, and this could have been coincidental, because, again, when they picked up O'Reilly, this may have been the plan anyway, is to have O'Reilly with Marner and Tavares and then flip them. But you got to get Matthews going, like you said, AK. Like, he has got to be a force. And, yes, he's playing very well defensively. Yes, he's got a 200-foot game. He's got to score goals. That's what Austin Matthews does better than anyone on earth. He has to be a point producer. He's got to be a game changer in terms of putting the puck in the net. And I think putting Marner back on his wing, it's funny how that has flipped, right? Like, all the last year, we kept saying, man, if you, if you give a shift of Marner with Tavares, maybe it sparks 91. I think that's what happened last night. Is 16 sparked 34. Mm-hmm. Now, now Matthews was chugging anyway, but Marner, you know, gets assists on both of his goals. And the second one is a classic example of what you get when you play with Mitch Marner. Like if you drive the net far post with your stick on the ice, he will find you. Um, you look at O'Reilly's first goal as a Leaf. That was effectively what he what he did. It wasn't quite at the post. O'Reilly was more in the slot, but he found him. The second goal by O'Reilly. Backhand sauce by Marner allows O'Reilly to go backhand shelf and get two on the board. Last night, the same thing with Matthews with his second goal. Like, really, at the, at the, the essence of this is Mitch Marner just playing at a level that I don't think he's ever played at before. He's seeing the ice 
just exceptionally well. The playmaking ability, the numbers he's putting up, and he's making it easy for pure goal scorers to get freebies, which I think can allow them to come alive. So I, I think you stick with Marner and Matthews, obviously, until at least Wednesday night when you're in Edmonton, probably the next night in Calgary. But beyond that, if you can get 34 going, I think Keith continues to move pieces around because you got to figure out how everything fits. You brought in two big pieces, two primary guys who are going to play in uh, O'Reilly and Achari, and, and you've only got a couple of months to figure this out. Hayes, he mastered going to the net with his stick on the ice just like you did and back in the old Mississauga Always. <laughs> Always. That was yeah. my plan. I heard that post game. That's, that's what Matthews was saying. I like Brian Hayes. Been <laughs> back, back in the day. Yeah, I was a visionary back you in the were, day. buddy. Letting everyone you know were. how to snipe. We look yeah. forward to 4 o'clock today, Brian, you and Noodles and the O-Dog on Overdrive. Thank you for doing this. All right, boys. Thanks, See you, guys. Pal. Thanks, man. Brian Hayes. We missed him. Would have been a great time with uh, with Brian. Oh, yeah. And I, I was actually talking to Matthew Cause the next day, and that was the first time I had hung out in a social setting like that with Matthew, Kristoff, Stephanie Apolito. That was in almost 10 years. I mean, it's yeah. been a very long time since we've had a big blowout like that one. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Did you did you get to enjoy any of the food that night? No, did I ever? Those tacos? Oh Delish. my god! I'm so mad. I woke up the next day. I'm like, <laughs> I had an unbelievable time, but I didn't get to enjoy any of the food because, you know, with all the people that were there, you're you were meeting and greeting and, and greeting, and then the mentalist that showed up. I mean, I was basically the guy the holding the mic for him so he can put a show on. I'm telling you, man, this guy put on an unbelievable show. At the end of the night, he did this thing with, like, like the, the calculator. Everybody take out their calculator, and he asked seven random people to pick seven different numbers. And then when he multiplied all those numbers, the number that showed <laughs> up was the, 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 the month, which was two, the day of the month, which was 24, the, the year, which was 23, and then the time of the night, which was 9. Yeah, I don't understand how that stuff Dude, works. it was insane. Like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I'm blown away with this guy. I'm telling you right now, people listening, if you have a chance to see this guy, follow him on Instagram. Kevin Hamden is his name. What an absolute, unbelievable performance. Yeah, it was great stuff. It was Hell of a night. Hell of a night. I also enjoyed when, you, t- when, you, when you pulled your pants down yes, at the beginning of the night. My, to say my speech. You got yeah. everybody comfortable in a good mood. Yeah. You know? Legs looking good still. Might not play in the NHL anymore. The assault bike. Yeah, I'm Jeez, sure. Working. Two weeks of the assault bike. That's legs it, are still buddy. shredded. I'm telling you. I think you got those legs for but life. Man, the tequila. 14 years like, You're talking NHL. about a guy that hasn't <laughs> drank an ounce of alcohol in like five years. <laughs> <laughs> that was not the case on Friday. That was uh, no, it was a coming te- out party, that's for sure. There was a lot of tequila. Yes. Yeah, but I might, not, I might not need to touch that for a while. And you know what? It was just great being in the same room with so many people that you enjoy being around. It was awesome. Yeah, it was great, a great times. Time. It was great times. So yeah, I think the Koliakovo family, definitely winners of the weekend. Yep. We've got some more coming up on the other side. In that segment, Wake Up Woodbridge coming up at 9 o'clock. Tanner Janot, now with Tampa. How does that make you feel about the Leafs' chances in round one? We'll also talk to Aaron Rose from Sports Illustrated on the Raptors. Getting it handed to them by the Cleveland Cavaliers. A snapback to reality for the Raps against one of the best teams in the East. First up continues the third hour after this. So the Toronto Raptors, a noon game on Saturday against Detroit. They win 95-91. Squeaked that one They out. did squeak it out. And I think there's a lot of people, including myself, who are eager to see how they fare against a team like 
the Cleveland Cavaliers, third place in the Eastern Conference. Great team. Donovan Mitchell, Garland, and Jared Allen, amongst others. Evan Mobley, of course. And they did not fare well. They did not fare well. And I think what we learned yesterday, and the Raptors were missing Fred Van Vliet. Congratulations. Just had his third child. Even with Fred Van Vliet, I mean, I don't think the Raptors stack up well against a team like Cleveland, against a team like Milwaukee, team like Boston. So, yes, the Raptors might get into the playoffs. Maybe they get into the sixth spot. Maybe they can pass the New York Knicks. We're playing really well of late, by the way. You know, it's just one of those things where you look at it and be like, I think you got to be honest with yourselves if you're Toronto. I think even Masai Ujiri in the post-trade deadline press conference was asking what his expectations were. It's not like he's like, I think we can beat Milwaukee. I think we can beat Cleveland. Because, I guess, anything's possible. Mm-hmm. It's still professional sports. It's the NBA. Weird stuff happens. But that would be extremely, extremely weird. Yeah, it would. And where's my level of confidence in that? Right now, not very high. No. Um, you know, when Fran Van Vliet comes back into the fold and this team can actually put together its full lineup, if it gives it a nice, you know, four or five game run where they're showing that they can, you know, show uh, play with great chemistry and, and, you know, play with their identity that we're used to seeing them play with, then maybe I'll have some faith in them. But, you know, the portal of the, Hurdle edition was very, was very nice. He's been great. He's, He's been, been great yesterday. Um, but clearly, a, you know, they're a little bit overmatched when they play the, against some of these top teams in the East. Right? Yeah, they're a team that's below 500. I mean, this is not the 2019 Toronto Raptors. Cleveland's a nasty team, great defensively, and they have one of the best scores in the league in Donovan Mitchell, who was incredible last night. 35 points. The Raptors lose by 25 to Cleveland. We are giving away Raptors tickets here on the show every week, all season long. Listen to our podcast on Thursday and listen to it every day for an hourly clue to the identity of a mystery Toronto Raptor. Once you figure out who the player is, you'll have until the end of the day to enter at tsn1050.ca for your chance to win a pair of tickets to see the Raptors and the Nuggets. March 14th, see Nikola Jokic in person, the NBA's soon-to-be 3 Time MVP three in a row. You guys, another triple double. Another huge triple double yesterday. Forty point triple double. Seventeen boards, ten assists for Jokic. We'll announce our winner on Friday. Yeah, we'll talk to Liam McHugh from the NHL on TNT and Duffy. That's right, and the MLS on Apple. Oh, that's right. MLS kicked off this weekend. Toronto FC. Well, all the Italians. All the Italians. TFC man. Yeah. God, that was gut wrenching. Not ideal for TFC, but Liam will talk about Looked that. So and his promising, and then the everything that well. hurt this team last year showed up again. Their defense sucks. Sucks the TFC <laughs> man. Oh my god! Get the ball to the Italian. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of Italians on on Toronto FC and uh, high profile ones. She's had a massive start to his season. Speaking of Italians, again, wake up Woodbridge in about 30 minutes. The number is 416-870-1050. Write it down, set an alarm, and give us a ring in 27 minutes or so. Coming up next, winners of the weekend featuring another NBA player, not Donovan Mitchell, but Damian Lillard, who made history last night in Portland. That's next on First Up. Hour 3 of First Up continues here on TSN 1050. We'll talk to Liam McHugh from the NHL on TNT in about an hour's time, if not less, about everything that happened 
over the weekend in the NHL and things that have not yet happened but may happen ahead of the deadline. We're talking about Jacob Chikrin. Is he going to get traded? I'm starting to think the answer is no. Be- I mean, like, I don't know who's going to step up and make up a deal for him. This guy's going to get traded when you see every other deal get made, and just he's just one that just for two years can't happen. Can't happen. Doesn't happen. Eric Carlson, a name that's been bandied about, but doesn't sound overly likely that he'll be moved. I guess Patrick Kane will be traded. It's just a matter of figuring out the salary cap implications for the Rangers. What about Max Domi? Guy's having an incredible yeah. month. Had to score the game winner. The he's the, he's the hottest player in the NHL, or one of them. Like you imagine he will have some kind of market heading into I, Friday yeah. for sure. I agree. I mean, if you're a Western Conference team right now, how are you not? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a long him. list of teams that would love to have Max Domi, but I think definitely the price tag on him has, has gone up, and Jake McCabe also of Chicago, Lafferty of Chicago, they'll be very active, and... I'm curious to see what Nashville does in addition to trading Tanner Janot. Uh, we saw yesterday they traded Tanner Janot to Tampa for a massive haul, five picks and a prospect as well. Does Ekholm get does traded? Does Ekholm get traded? They would bring, that would bring back a significant haul as like well. They got, six, they got six assets in the Janot deal. You'd have to think an Ekholm deal would probably bring back something similar. Well, we saw the big news in Nashville yesterday with David Poyle, yeah. the longtime manager there only, in Nashville. Only guy they've ever had. He's stepping down at the end of the season, and Barry Trotz has taken over as GM, not as coach, as no. GM. Although, could Barry Trotz do both? Is that something they would contemplate there in Nashville? I don't know how that'll work out, but it's interesting that news comes out yesterday, considering the timing, the Janot trade, and all the rumors surrounding the Nashville Predators and what they could do ahead of the deadline. If they become sellers... Imagine they put UC Soros up for grabs. Yeah. Their stud goalie. I mean, I'm sure there'll be a number of teams lining up to acquire him. So a very interesting spot there in Nashville. So uh, let's get to it. It's time for the winners of the weekend. I got to get out of here. I think I'm going to lose. The weekend is over. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Ah, but don't fret. You're all winners! This is... Winners of the weekend. Let's start with Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers. Scores 71 points yesterday. That's right, 71 points. Donovan Mitchell did it earlier this year. Lillard did it last night. He is the first player in NBA history to score 70 or more in less than 40 minutes of playing time. Remarkable. Had 13 threes. Must be 13 uh, threes for Damian Lillard. Those rest days must be paying. That is quite the show from Lillard. Uh, and an amazing, an amazing performance. Something you see very infrequently in the NBA again. Just the eighth player in NBA history to score 70 plus. Crazy. So that's one winner for me. Also, Chris Kirk winning the Honda Classic. Chris Kirk, a guy who's dealt with alcoholism. Now sober and winning for the first time in seven years. Congratulations to him. Also, congratulations to Eric Cole, who finished second. A guy Mm. who had never won on tour, had a ton of mini-tour event wins. But he came through in a big way. Didn't win, but secured a solo second. That's life-changing money for him. Huge congratulations to him. So those are two of my winners, Coco. Well, one of our winners is definitely Al's brother because yes. he was the life at the party, <laughs> the Colomania party on Friday night. And um, 
like the, I saw firsthand how popular this guy is in this city. People absolutely love him. He was getting crowd surfed. There's a video that I posted on Twitter. If you haven't seen it, it was absolutely epic. So hopefully he's in um, recovery mode. Yeah, today. I'm curious to hear how Leafs lunch is going to sound today. Is Al's brother <laughs> working today, guys? Do we know? Or does he need an extra day? I think he is on the schedule. So. Yeah. Make sure to listen at noon he for is. the story from Al's brother. How about Linus Allmark? Well, he was going to be my next yeah. winner of the weekend. The guy scored a goal <laughs> on Friday night. Unbelievable. Was it for, oh, Saturday night it was. Did you see the sauce that guy put on it's the shot? Snipe. The guy almost carried Absolute it into the goal. Absolute snipe scoring from his own end. As if Boston couldn't accomplish anything more this year, right? He's already leading the Triple Crown and wins goals against and save percentage. Why not add a goal to his resume, too, for this season? So shout out to Linus Olmark. And all I keep thinking about is I had I like, I played with him in Buffalo. It's crazy. Buffalo had him as a young prospect, and they gave up on him. Imagine Buffalo, him in Buffalo right now with that team that scores a ton. See, the thing about a guy like Allmark, it's in part, I'm sure Allmark's made significant strides, but in part a result of your surroundings, right? When you have McAvoy and Lindholm and that incredible team around you, it makes it a lot easier to no, put on a show. But he is leading every single category. goaltending category. And not only like goals against and save percentage and was well, not leading in wins because he doesn't play that much. Maybe he is leading in wins. I don't know. I mean, it's crazy because he doesn't lose. Boston doesn't lose. But like all like the expected goal stats for goalies also dominated by Linus Allmark. Yeah. So not only is he the best goalie statistically, but also analytically as yeah. well. And I think they should trade him. Yes, they should definitely. Or at least uh, having having Swayman there would uh, mitigate yeah. the uh, the loss. But well, you're kidding. You're joking. You're making a uh, poking some fun at some dude on Boston radio yes, who made that comment time. last week. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's something special what we're seeing from Walmart and from the Bruins. How about you say Kikuchi as well? He's got to be a winner of the weekend. He's got the beard and he's got dude, one, quality, one quality one well, quality start in in spring training. It is, Come on. but he was so bad last year. Without a beard, without with a beard though, yeah. You say Kikuchi's dialed in, dialed beard, in. We're rooting beard for him. Gives you extra swagger, and if that's what it takes, bring it on. Yes, Mark Giordano, definite winner of the weekend, definite warrior of the weekend because with his block shot yesterday, ironic that it happened against his former team. I think it's nicely fitting it happened against his former team. He also scored against his former team in Seattle in his return to Seattle. Uh, yesterday, he recorded his 2,045th block shot of his career, moving him past Chris Russell, another guy that I play with, uh, 2,044 for first place on the NHL's all-time block list. And I think he's probably going to get the Golden Shin yes. uh, trophy. How many um, block shots work? do you think you had in your career? What would your guess be? Uh, Is there anywhere that's tracked this? I'm trying to find it. I don't know. I Probably somewhere in the hundreds. <laughs> yes. Four or five hundred, maybe. Oh, is that it? Now you I played fourteen know. years. Must be more than that. Yeah, I... you had you had some good four forty one. Yeah, four forty one. Yeah, that's a good guess. I don't know how you found that, Chrissy. I was trying to find that. But that's some good stuff. <laughs> that's a good... and the final winner of the weekend is the guy who got paid this weekend, Manny Machado. Oh, wow! Stacks out of his deal that had five years left on it to get him another five years, ten year. <laughs> And another a hundred and fifty million. Three hundred and fifty million. It's good it's good stuff. Man, these uh some of these 
infielders in baseball. Hell Machado yeah. just stacking we cash. We gotta go to San Diego. We gotta move ship to San Diego. San Diego. Because money grows on trees there. It, it truly does. Maybe it's on the gra- in the ground, but wherever they're finding all that cash for Soto and Machado and Tatis and Bogarts, just goes on and on and on in San Diego. That's a team to watch as the Major League Baseball season inches closer. Again, wake up Woodbridge in 15 minutes. Get ready to call in 416-870-1050. Aaron Rose and Liam McHugh in the fourth hour as well. First up continues on TSN 1050 after this. We've got Wake Up Woodbridge in less than 15 minutes. Looking forward to hearing from Leafs Nation, from our favorite township in the greater Toronto area. Would Woodbridge be a township? No, I don't think so. Town? City? Is Woodbridge a city? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the distinction is, town versus city, but in any case, we're looking forward to getting calls from uh, our favorite Suburbs, maybe? Yeah, it could be. Aaron Rose from Sports Illustrated and Liam McHugh still to come. But a couple of great games tonight on the NHL slate. We saw the Leafs beat the Seattle Kraken last night 5-1. Tonight, you've got Boston at Edmonton, Vegas at Colorado. Some heavyweight tilts. And I imagine we Linus Allmark for Boston, whose record we're talking about him scoring a goal over the weekend. He is thirty-four and one. Thirty-four what? and one is Linus Allmark. Come on, man! They don't lose. Boston as a whole is forty-five, eight, one regulation loss. No, thirty-four. Oh, and one. okay. I thought it was like no, like, not not thirty-four and one. I thought you said 30, thirty-four and one. I was like, four. what? No, no, that is nuts. But I, I can't wait to see that game. I'll be definitely staying up. To watch that one because, I mean, Edmonton is a team. I'll be I'll be fully transparent. I have wagered a significant amount of money on FanDuel of Ed, on Edmonton to win the Stanley Cup. That's my team in the West. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple reason why they have the best player in the world by a significant margin. McDavid almost I think he's up twenty five points, and everybody else now twenty five points is is McDavid. He's up to forty eight goals on the season. He's just scored sixty in his sleep now, and. Yeah, this 25. guy. This Why, guy. He's gonna get twenty. He's gonna get fifty in his next game. No, he, well, Boston tonight. That's, that could be a challenge. But this guy's scoring two goals a game. He's red hot again. And on Saturday against Columbus, I was watching that game in my hungover stupor. <laughs> Edmonton goes down four nothing to Columbus, and I'm like, oh, this is terrible. What are they doing? And McDavid in the second period, it was literally. Just Get him. on my back. He scored a shorty, scored a beauty on the power play, was feeding dry side. He was unbelievable. They tie the game and they blow it late in the third. But I'm thinking about what they're doing at the trade deadline. And if they're not making significant acquisitions, they're doing it all wrong. Look what Tampa is doing here. Mm-hmm. Tampa is a team that's trading basically every draft pick they have. And they're going to need to go through Toronto, Boston, and the Rangers maybe. Edmonton could have to go through like... Seattle, like yeah, teams like Seattle and like listen, Vegas is a good team, but they're not even close to what some of these teams in the Eastern Conference. So right are, now, are, right now, for playoffs ended for. today. It's it's L.A. two, Edmonton three. Like you tell me, so, like, I mean, L.A. is a decent team. That was saying, a rematch of first round yeah, last year, and I'm not saying that L.A. is just going to be some rollover. It's they awesome. have they just have love they have to know matches of years years prior. Yeah, well, like it's just something like in the West, and especially for a team like Edmonton, I mean, you have McDavid playing as well as anybody has in the last 25 years. You got to supplement the D. You got to give this guy some help. Dude, Make a trade. I'm telling Do you right something. now, man. If I was the gem of the Oilers, there would be no cost. 
that would shy me away from improving the team that I need to do. And look, I, I'm under the understanding that Ken Holland is trying. I hope so. But they clearly have no money to bring people in. They're trying to get rid of Puliarvi, maybe throw a full goal in there. Um, you know, on defense, like Darnell Nurse carries a big cap hit, and it's not really living up to his to his you know contract that he with what he what type of production he's supposed to bring. Tyson Berry has had a really good year. It's a power play defense, power play defenseman. But I mean, how this is still a problem with the Edmonton Oilers that got to the conference finals last year? Go and get a defenseman. Do Go something. and trade for Chikrin or Gavrikov or Shen or somebody. Yeah. But you need to get something. And if I'm McDavid, I'm going into that office today. I'm like, what the hell are you guys doing? I'm going to score 60 goals. You're not going to go out and improve our team yeah. for this season? Like, I think it's just crazy. And again, there's four days to go. Maybe they are able to circle back on a Chikrin or Shen or Gavrikov or whoever it is. But I, I just cannot fathom a situation in which Edmonton isn't all in Edmonton this season. has scored 230 goals in the NHL. That leads the league. Doesn't surprise me the there. You know yeah. who's second in the league in goals for? Buffalo. Wow, good good one. Yeah, Buffalo does score a lot. They also have some defensive and goaltending issues of their own, but they had a big win yesterday. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's fascinating times because... We've seen so many trades already. And like the big names, save Patrick Kane, who's essentially traded as well to the Rangers. We're just waiting for the final confirmation. It's Chikrin, it's Domi, it's McCabe, it's Shen, it's Gavrikov. Like the real impact players, save Chikrin, are off the board. And then maybe Domi's an impact player the way he's been playing. But clearly, GMs are looking to make the moves earlier this year. And I think for a team like the Leafs, they go out and trade. Ryan O'Reilly, now two and a half weeks ago, you're able to assimilate the player into your lineup quicker, try different things with 20 games left for the Leaf. They've already had O'Reilly in there for, what, four or five games? Like, it's something that you do it earlier, and it's an advantage Well, you. you do it earlier to get ahead of the market, too, right? Because now teams that haven't made the move, they're probably going to be scrambling. Like, who's left? We talked about all the Western Conference teams looking to make a move. Who's left to get out there? And, that, and that's what you got to give the least credit for. They got ahead of everything. They basically kickstarted this flurry of trades. Yeah, it's true. Right? And you saw the Boston Bruins replicate the same type of trade with the, with the Washington Capitals, bringing in Hathaway and Orlov. I mean, the top five guys I saw on the trade bait board were defensemen. And, like, Gavrikov's a good defenseman. Is he a top four defenseman? Maybe. In the right He's situation. He's not worth a first, a third, and a fifth. Hell but, no. But teams needing to make a move might have to overpay them. And now. like in Edmonton or any of these teams out west, save for Vegas, who went out and traded for Barbashev, but there's so many of these moves being made. Yeah. In the east, Meyer, think, Kane, yeah. Tarasenko, O'Reilly. I, I, think, I think what we saw happen over the weekend, yeah, it sucks for Friday Trade Center because those are a lot of games, and those trades will be revisited for sure. But... What sucked about it is that, you know, sorry, not what sucked about it. What what you gained out of that right now is that now that teams have, that have made those moves have five days to reevaluate any other move they might contemplate making based on what they have. Like, just think about Dregs talking about the Devils-San Jose deal when they were asking the details, saying it's it's 
too long. Like, don't even bother right? us. Don't even bother We right don't now. have, we have characters a lot to figure it out. Text. So, you got New Jersey and San Jose, then now that they have to process that whole deal, fill in the slots. And for, for New Jersey now, like, New Jersey didn't give up any of their top three prospects. Yeah, they have, what, Holtz, Luke Hughes, and there's one more. The that... Nemec. Oh, yeah, the Nemec get with yeah. from the Czech Republic. The, the guy that went second overall. Yeah, wow. They right? have all three of those guys still, and they just added Meyer, and they have Hughes, and Heischer, and, uh, and Brad, had, we had Dougie Hamilton. On. He mentioned that, I'm not going to attempt to say his name, that Russian defenseman they traded, Mahat yes. Madulin, whatever his well, name is. That was a pretty good pronunciation. Is that well how you say it? I, sounds good to me. Okay. And that Zetterlin's a pretty good player. So the fact that they didn't give up any of those three guys, does that leave them more ammo to go out mm. and improve their team? I don't know how else they improve it. Maybe they go in for another depth defenseman. I, I, I they're gold. They're pretty set in net with um, Wedgwood, not Wedgwood. Uh, Vanacek? Vanacek, and who's their backup there? I don't know. I don't know oh, the Devils God. roster as well as I should. He, he was a guy that the Leafs might have been interested in signing in the offseason. I don't know. Cheese, we have any in- indication? You're a New Jersey expert? Uh, sorry, on what? The New Jersey backup Backup goaltender for New Jersey. Vanacek oh, Mackenzie Blackwood. Oh, yes, of course. And they, they also Blackwood. have a Bernier on IR. Oh, nice. listen to this guy. He's done. Dialed into yeah. the Devils. So He's on the ball as always. My point is now you've got basically every Western Conference team that's sitting there, and now they're going to bid against each other, you know, about who's available and, you know, what type of price they're going to have to pay to, to acquire whatever target they're looking at. We saw the big move from Tampa last night. They go out and get Tanner Janot from the Nashville Predators. They paid an exorbitant price. And we know what the Leafs paid for Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari. What else do we need to see from the Leafs for to feel confident about their chances in round one against Tampa? <laughs> there really is no answer to that. There's nothing that could happen between now and Friday. It's like, you know what? The Leafs are clear favorites against Tampa. It's pretty clear. If they had Chikorin, Shen, Gavrikov, Patrick Kane. <laughs> It's probably still a coin flip against him. I love how people are coming after me about my opinion mm-hmm. about the Maple Leafs' success in the playoffs. It's like my opinion doesn't need to agree with yours. Which opinion are you referring to? That if the Leafs win a playoff round, it's a win. Like I, I don't, I don't expect this team to go all the way to the Stanley Cup. Like the, people don't understand how hard it is yeah. to do it. And I, I think I think Hayes made a good point earlier in the show. And if you missed any of it, go find it in the podcast, wherever podcasts are found. If the if the Boston Bruins are upset in the first round yeah. by like Pittsburgh, everything changes. Everything changes, and then your expectations would change as well. You, so you mean to tell me that you would rather Stanley Cup or bust? With this Maple Leafs team? No, no, but I'm like saying... Like, it's either Stanley Cup or they lose again? No, no but it's a playoff round. Well, yeah, and also, like, losing to Tampa, I mean, yeah, it's, it's obviously that, a lose failure. Lose to Tampa, let's fire everybody Well, again. and that's it, right? Like, Tampa, look at this team. They are absolutely stacked. The six like, best teams in the league play in the Eastern it's, Conference. It sucks, but it's one of those things where it's kind of eerily reminiscent of the AL East with the Jays and the Boston People Red Sox and the Yankees. The narrative. I'm, I'm sharing my opinion. I don't opinion. know, man. It's, my opinion the is Leafs this, are in tough. They went talk- out and traded for Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, like, they made a, a big move. That hasn't had any playoff success in 18 years, and people don't want to celebrate a first-round playoff matchup? Win? Yes. Like, come on. But, you know, at the break. same time, expectations do yourself. recalibrate. Let me enjoy my opinion. We've got Wake Up Woodbridge on the other side. Give us a ring, 416-870-1050. Your thoughts on what Carlo had to say about expectations heading into the postseason. 20 games to go for the Maple Leafs. Hour four next.